Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? Well, I'm excited. We got uh, we've got a guest lead on the show today uh, to address a topic that, frankly, Bobby, you and I have been um, I don't know a little bit delayed maybe in addressing, and it's probably because we don't quite know how to address it. Um, but I'm really excited to have Margaret Bjork back on the podcast. She has been a frequent guest. Uh, she is super self-aware and thoughtful and has high emotional intelligence and uh, love getting her advice and feedback and thoughts on things. And uh, she has offered to come on the show today to kind of help us think about how we should navigate these kind of challenging situations. In some cases, folks are are doing well. And sometimes this was a, you know, if you work for Zoom today, your business is probably good. Life looks normal or maybe even growing today. But for the 95% of uh, the rest of the world, uh, things are a struggle right now. So uh, we're very pleased to have Margaret join the podcast. Thanks for joining, Margaret. My pleasure to be here. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we jump right back into it? Um, what what's kind of the agenda today? And uh, let's jump in. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm uh, just appreciate uh, the opportunity. To, to visit with everyone today. Um, I've been kind of thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. And um, for those who have heard the last two podcasts, it, it kind of shared how um, during the last recession and, uh, you know, honestly, up until about uh, January, uh, my family, you know, kind of was, were going through uh, just just the challenges of 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 life you know we during the recession we we got banged up like a lot of people did and and then kind of had to take quite a bit of time to get back on our feet um but the thing that we saw uh the thing that i that happened to me because of the stress and the realities of of that uh situation was that i became really uh you know burned out and my health deteriorated and um, really my, you know, put my whole life uh, as I know it at risk. And really thankfully, uh, I've been able to kind of get, get that back under control, my health, and really kind of just by good luck. Um, I can't say like, oh, this is amazing. You know, we did all the right things. Um, but thankfully, you know, I didn't lose my marriage and I uh, didn't lose my job. Again, I don't know how much I had to do with that, but but I'm really proud of the fact that I didn't lose my marriage. And and in fact, today my husband and I, you know, while we while like all of you, we watch the news, we're stressed, we're looking at money, we're trying to figure out what's next. But I'm not worried that he's not going to be a part of my life and that I'm not going to be a part of my children's life. Um, and so I think I just want to I just want this opportunity to talk to us all today about that this is like, this is for real. And this is really, really hard. Um, and our lives might look very different than they do today at the end of this, but we're going to be okay. And I want us to help. I want to help share some things with you that I've learned uh, over the years that are going to help us ground into that 
and and help us create positive uh, and resiliency so that we are ready to be okay when when it's time to be. I love it. I can't wait to get into the discussion. And I think for those that may not have heard the the previous interviews, um, Margaret, do you mind sharing kind of your, you know, y- y'all have made some big moves over the past, you know, five years, seven years. So can you talk a little bit about that too, to, to add some context as well? Cause I think that'll help set it up as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been in technology sales and, you know, a, a grown up now for 20 years. Uh, during that time, um, we've moved, my husband and I starting out, uh, we're in Charleston, South Carolina for about 12 years for a job and then moved to Texas where I got to meet Brian um, and then recently moved to Minnesota about two years ago. Um and I, uh, you know, each one of these times, honestly, trying to get stability uh, and trying to make a better life uh, for myself and for my family and taking different opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, some of them worked, uh, some of them did not. But again, thankfully, they all, uh, they all led us to a place now where, where I know how to identify what good looks like and how to create it no matter what the circumstance, um, um, you know, we could unfortunately grab our go bags and walk out the door and, and still be pretty happy. Uh, and, uh, so that's kind of where we are in life. Is that kind of what you, is that yeah, helpful? Absolutely. Yep. I think that's great context. And we can talk another podcast about what should go in your go bag. That's right. even better. We need to have a preppers podcast. People episode. love that kind of cheat sheet stuff, you know, where they can, create a go bag based on your tips and tricks yeah mine will be the emotional go bag my husband is the one who would be like no this is what actually needs to go in the go bag well go bags are supposed to be small right like you can't take the whole house the only thing i want in my go bag is uh botox is that's the thing (laughs) i'm missing the most uh during this i was telling the guys before we got on that my children keep asking me very very sweetly you know, mama, are are you okay? Uh, yes, this is just what my face looks like. But uh, everyone thinks I'm mad all the time. But I'm not. I'm not. Only part of the time. Well, you also <laughs> said before this that, that we were going to get emotional. So let's jump into the conversation. Where do we begin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to start us off. And I heard this story on uh, Tuesday when I was doing some team virtual yoga. And uh, when the instructor said, I'm going to start us off with, with a story, I wanted to punch her through the screen. Um, and so I'm sure that's kind of what you're going to feel like right now as I tell you this. But I am. I'm going to start you with the same story I heard on Tuesday. Uh, and it's called Two Wolves. You've might have, you, you might have heard it before. But I'm going to read this uh, to us. So um, here we go. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He has anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He has joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, benevolence, empathy, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person too. 
And the grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather, well, well, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So I'll stop there. And, and this was, I think, a really, really great story and incredibly simple. Uh, and I think speaks to kind of what we're all going through right now of this cycle of, uh, at least I know I'm feeling kind of this overwhelmingly frustrated uh, and mad and uh, in anger. And then on the other side, I'm incredibly overwhelmed by the goodness I see in the world and the sacrifice people like the uh, uh, frontline workers are, are making and, you know, all the ways people are showing up for each other. Um, and, at the, and it's kind of a, you know, and, and the experience I think is pretty common for all of us. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is focus on feeding the right wolf. And, you know, I think a wolf is a great analogy. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing not awesome about a wolf, but let's feed it with the right stuff and be the right kind of awesome. Yeah, I got a quick thought that I'm thinking, I'm sure others are thinking it. I mean, which, which wolf do you think the media is feeding right now? Wow. I mean, you're just like, just throwing that bomb right on there. I mean, we're just like going for it, huh? <laughs> well, I think... I, I I knew it was going to come up, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, when I read the story the first time, I didn't think that way, but it, it is, it is a thought that, that we should all recognize. At least I think we should all be recognizing that half of what they're saying is to do, just to get that one side to feel a certain way. So we'll keep watching or keep clicking. Um, and I don't know if anything that I read today is true or backed by real science. Brian, I'm going to let you feel that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know how do you how do you feel that I I think um, <clears throat> I I straddled the line politically, so um, without without getting into politics or, or going too deep here, um, but it is there are some frustrating times to where uh, I was certainly uh, six weeks ago I think when all this kind of kicked off seven weeks ago. Um, was like, look, we're the next Italy here, and uh, we're going to be overwhelmed at every hospital, and uh, there's people dying. I mean, the reports were in Italy, and that you know, I think they were very true. Is that people were dying and dying in their homes there, and they weren't able to get the dead bodies out, and it was like this really emotional time of like, is this going to happen here in the states? Like, do we need? Is this coming for us? And I think, I think if if we're going to take the the media truth side of it, we'd say, okay, well, we prepared for, we prepared for this in order. So this didn't happen, or maybe this was never going to happen. Maybe this is more of an indictment on Italy's health system. Um, it, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I, I just, I, I, um, we prepared for this. We socially distanced, we stopped. Did we go too far too fast? Did, did we prevent being Italy? Because we did this, I don't know. I, it's, I've just kind of turned to the fact that I don't, I don't know the answer to it. It's just kind of at this point, it, it kind of, it, I hate the platitude, but it is what it is, you know, like this is the way we've reacted. So I've got to be prepared and my family's got to be prepared and I've got to be prepared for my faith and that kind of stuff too. Well, I'll try and let both of you off the hook a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not so much even 
politicizing this or saying that we've made a mistake. I don't think we um, shouldn't have tried to do everything we can to flatten the curve or slow the curve or whatever that was. I just, I just think we collectively now have all these resources in social media and the news and all these channels telling us really what they want us to believe so that we'll click their, their links or their, their stories or their videos. I feel, obviously I feel horrible for anybody who got sick or who had any pain because of this or for sure anybody who died for this. I have elderly parents that I'm very worried about. None of that changes for me because I somewhat think we might have over-rotated. I just hate the fact that we have we have this noise in our in our head all the time that is feeding the, the wolf that is all those negative connotations instead of why don't we try to recover and get out and do the right thing, still keeping in mind that there's a group of people that are more at risk than others and that there's opportunities that we can go do um, that aren't going to turn our, our worlds into the worst-case scenario. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I think I'm poking more at the media. I, I don't know how some of them can say what they say and, and not think they're just trying to rile us up. Well, I think that's an interesting point. And there's actually been a lot of studies uh, by the Edelman uh, Trust Barometer uh, about, um, you know, trust overall is at a low time, uh, all time low. Uh, so people actually are not, you know, are not trusting the media. Uh, they're not trusting governments. Um, and the people, the companies actually, the, the people that people are believing, I, I'm sure I could figure that out, how to say that better, but we know what uh, you're saying. Yeah. Just keep, just keep with the gist here is, uh, you know, actually our companies and CEOs, you know, they're trusting their employers uh, quite a bit. Uh, they also are trusting people that are, uh, local in their community, scientists, doctors that are in their community. Um, and they're not, you know, it's not necessarily the, the influencers of, Two years ago, who you know you're hiring to be your your uh, your person, but it's it's those natural uh, influencers that exist uh, in your community. You know, it's the people who you know if they run a fundraiser, people show up. If uh, you know, and so those I think are really important people to find and identify and to lift up right now. Yeah, agree. So then how do you, how do you filter out, Margaret, from your perspective, how do you filter out, how do you feed the right wolf? Yeah. Like how do you block out some of the negative negativity? What, what, what's, what are some of the strategies that you take to do that? Well, I, I will say, I, I think what's important is to understand how, you know, the bad wolf shows up because, you know, again, he looks just like the other wolf. And so mm. um, I think it's really important to understand what stress looks like, you know, stress, I never would want to say stress is good or bad, you know, again, to the a family who's, uh, you know, had someone be sick or, or anything like that, you know, that you, I don't want to like, oh, that's good stress, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, but it's just a thing, you know, um, it's a reality, but there are ways to uh, take advantage of stress in the best possible way. So, you know, you know, stress, uh, you know, if you think about it in the bad wolf concept is, uh, it, you know, on its own, 
is really bad. It's really uh, destructive. Uh, it leads to horrible thoughts. It's really, really bad on your body. Um, and, and it really leaves you feeling that you're in it alone. Uh, and so that's kind of the, it, it really leads you to isolate uh, and start to give you um, encourage behaviors in your body that are similar to grief. And when we're in grief, what do we do? You know, we, your body wants you to stop. They want you to slow down. They want you to do, you know, move away from, you know, from each other. They want you to separate those connections so that your body and your mind and your heart have time to heal. Um, and so that's what like stress does if it's not, if it doesn't have the right kind of vehicles. On the other hand, when you combine stress with purpose, it can be more constructive. And so I'll give you some examples here of, uh, you know, of, you know, the time where, we're, you know, as we're all in sales, it's the end of the quarter, man, you've got those, you know, three deals. You're working every moment of that day. Your family knows what's up. Uh, you know, you've pitted out three shirts, Brian Evans. And um, yeah, there it is. And, you know, but at the same time, it feels good. And everyone on your team feels good. You know, as people do our, you know, as after we sell our projects, they do our projects. And man, that's when the hard work starts. And those teams are working, you know, 60 hours a week, but gosh, we're going to get this great project at the end of it. So that is kind of an example. It gives you that sense of hope. Um, and, and if you can kind of model that behavior, those taking action under stress, that's what can help others to also be inspired and have the courage to take their own action. And I think what's also really cool about stress with purpose, and I think this is really important for us all, and we're all high achievers. We're all people who like to provide for our families and for ourselves. But stress with purpose also enables us to accept help and accept help from others. And it allows us to say, I really, really want to accomplish this goal, but I, I'm not sure if, if I can or if I, if I have. So I think that's the place that you, we need to kind of structure. How do you feed, you know, how do you take, um, you know, how, how do you constructively use purpose in order to like take a pile of crap and make it less smelly? I don't know if that's like a, <laughs> I, I like, I think one, um, I, lo I love that because you kind of, when we all get aligned as a team, let's say like you're an account executive and you've got a pursuit team and you're pursuing a customer and you've got demos and you've got all the work that goes into these pursuits to win a deal. And we invest so much time. And for me, that's a, that energizes me. That kind of, uh, that's what I get excited about. That's what helps me. That uh, helps take my attention away from the stressors of life. Um, and one thing I've tried to do lately uh, just a tactic around that is to is to detach the outcome a bit because in the in with in the kind of time that's going on right now the wins are harder and and sometimes a well-run pursuit uh, that would have resulted in a win last year results in a push decision to next year so I try to gently detach the results from the effort a little bit, which is something I wouldn't typically do in a sales cycle. Like you, you win because you do the right things. 
you could do all the right things and still lose or still have it pushed out this time. And so I try to be an encouragement to the team and the pursuit teams in those scenarios. So if you've got engineers or solution consultants or partners in your team, uh, or if you're a manager or managing account executives, um, they're going to take it. If you've hired the right people, they're going to take it as hard, if not harder than you are. So give that slack, give that kind of um, that leash, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, to to the point in my head, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, man, how long did it take me to realize that like a commission check wasn't my purpose? Uh, I was extremely young, dumb, immature, and didn't know, you know, maybe even just how much family meant and all these other things. It was the results. My results drivenness was so important to me, um, and i i had to I had to get that thing accomplished, or I didn't feel like I had the purpose. And then I grew up, I got smarter, and Margaret, you've been using the word purpose a lot. I know it's part of your core foundation, and it took me way, way, way too long to figure out that the purpose was really the ultimate goal. The uh, outcomes and the results were part of a result driven by my purpose, um, but I, I did not, I didn't know I had that purpose. And I, I, if I have one thing to say on this podcast today. If you're listening, if you don't know what your purpose is, you, you've got to figure that out. You've, you've got to. Um, I've been a tech seller for years, and I'm sitting at a flight school right now, and I love my life better than I did three or four years ago, um, and I'm a better person for it. So, But I'm still a tech seller at heart, but I have a different purpose that I wake, for, uh, wake up for every day. It's not, it's not necessarily a bag of money. Um, people that knew me 10 years ago wouldn't believe that. Well, I think that's exactly right. And I think it's really, really important um, right now to take that time to, to figure out what your purpose is. Um, and so I'll, I'll just kind of give two clues again, just to kind of like, again, we're all as salespeople and achievers, man, we do not like to not be busy. You know, we do not like to not use our time right. But let me tell you a little, I think like some things that you can look at to say, is this a good use of my time or a bad use of my time? And some things that are kind of maybe put you, putting you into overthink and are, and are not uh, really productive. And so, um, you know, something like, if you know, hey, I'm just going to read four more articles on this uh, on LinkedIn, or I'm going to attend six webinars this week, and I'm going to learn this, and I'm going to, uh, and, and I'm going to just do all these things because once I know enough, then I'll be able to provide value. I think I just need to know a little bit more, um, or I could be better, or I could do this. And I, those are type of things where, again, it's, it's our natural state to want to solve problems. And like, that's what we do in sales. We love solving problems. Like that's our MO. And so, but if we're constantly running our computer too fast, it's going to get like hot and burn out. And the reality is, if you get yourself to burn out, it will take you a year to get better. And what's going to happen during that year? Because guess what? You're going to burn out like right when this whole thing starts to wear out. And right when you need your energy, you're going to be on empty. And yeah. that's at the time when you're not going to be able to perform well at work. And you're not going to be able to make those adjustments 
and that we're all going to have to make. We don't know what they are. It's super uncertain. And that's like freaky, freaky time. But you need your energy. So don't burn your don't burn yourself out right now. Instead, thinking about grounding yourself into that purpose and figuring out I'm only going to do things that fit that. And so something I think is important to think about when you think about what's my purpose. And Bobby, you mentioned it like, hey, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been, oh, I want to make this amount of money or I want to be the number one salesperson. Like those are great goals and like no problem with it. But your purpose, you should be able to take, you should be able to do your purpose with nothing. So to give you an example, my purpose is I want to help people be successful and to be happy. I don't need anything to do that. I mean, I could have tools to scale it, to operationalize it, to add rigor and all those fun words we like to add, but I don't actually need anything to do that. And I could do that today in my tech sales. I could do that in a, in a million different ways. I could do that with my family. In the same way, I think it's important to think about your purpose at work and your products or your company's purpose. So take your product out of it and what is it? So for Benevity, our purpose is to help companies run better by actioning purpose so they have ha happier and healthier employees. That is not a, I don't actually have to have the product in order to help ha still have that conversation. I can still have that conversation and tell people good ideas. And so I would encourage people to take some time and it's hard, like this is not easy stuff. Um, but to try to define that purpose for themselves and, and to take your product out what you sell and, and to define what your purpose is in selling as well. Yeah. And we talked about having a follow-up podcast that does talk about more selling in this environment and what does that look like? Uh, so that's a, that's a topic that we've intentionally decided to hold on this, on this podcast. So if, for someone that is heads down, let's say they're in their upper 20s or let's say they're in their 40s and they're they're trying to determine what their purpose is uh, because it maybe it has been just a very heads down life heads down career um how do you get to that point what's that discovery look like you know i i don't think it's like an easy uh a super easy template but i think you think about the times where you were the most on or where you had that energy where you could work 17 hours a day um, and you felt, I always call it the duh, you know, like when something's so right, it's like, it's a duh, you know, and when something is almost effortless, not in the fact like you didn't need to learn something new to do it, but like, it's just like, I, it's pretty effort. I mean, I don't mean to sound like an a-hole here, but like, it's, it's effortless for me to to try to help people be successful and to be happy. Um, those are th those are moments of of real truth in my life. And other people, um, I, I, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. But finding those moments and writing them down, and and you know, start your brag book. Yeah. From you know, Brian, to answer your question, as if I know half of what Margaret knows. I think I think we mostly know what our purpose is. Like we kind of know where we're having fun. We kind of know where we're at our A game. We kind of know that this feels really good. But we probably are worried about that other wolf so much that we don't let that 
disguise itself as purpose. We let it disguise ourselves as something we are um, trapped with or don't really think we'll ever be good enough to do or we, we, we can't make enough money or whatever the, wolf's, the other wolf's telling us we can't uh, feel good about. It's, it's, the, it's the yin of the yang. It's pulling us away from it. Um, I was listening to another podcast from a friend yesterday who said they knew that somebody who had got addicted to coaching, like they had like seven coaches trying to make them a better person. Um, and how can you possibly get addicted to coaching something that's supposed to be good for you? And the guy that was a, a wizard on the other end of that podcast said, you know, you can get addicted to anything if it talks you out of doing what you really should be doing. And I thought that was such a powerful part of the podcast that, okay, you know, they, they talk about drugs and alcohol and all these other things you can get addicted to, but we can get addicted to anything if it talks us out of doing what we really need to do. Um, we've all been there in tech sales and distracted, but I, I really think we mostly know it just took a really long time. I mean, uh, for me, we, we can talk about aviation or flying, but I've always known I wanted to fly. But it was truly the building the business that is is the fun part, the core part, the making others better, stronger, more happy, kind of all the things that Margaret was talking about. That's really my purpose at this flight school every day. It's not truly to just teach people about flying planes, and that's what excites me. And I think I think everyone listening kind of knows what that is. You're probably just scared to death to try and make it your day job because you know it. You, you said that other wolf's telling you you can't do it. And it is the resistance that is going to prevent you from doing it if you don't get it under control. So I've got an idea here, and it just kind of came to me here. I would love for folks listening to this to write in and tell us the truth. What is your purpose? And you can either include your name or say, don't say my name. But we would love, uh, say my name, say my name. Sorry, is that, I saw Brian laughing, and I didn't have <laughs> He's so immature. Uh, um, but uh, I, I would love for us to, to, to challenge this audience, this, this community, and that's what we are, is I want you to tell me what your purpose is. And I want you, like, you don't have to tell your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your mother. You can just tell us, and we won't laugh at you. And we know how that's, we know that that can still fit in with your tech sales life. You don't have to be one thing. You can be all of it. I love it. Yeah, let's let's do a part two if you're up into it, Margaret. Let's do a part two. Let's collect some uh, collect some of those over the next week, and then let's uh, we'll circle back up and talk about it. I think it's uh, it took me a very long time to understand it, mine as well. And um, yeah, let's let's definitely continue this conversation. And as we as we wrap up, what are some things – it is always good to kind of turn the brain off a little bit. What are some ways that you're turning your brain off? What are things that you're maybe watching or reading uh, that, have, that have been helpful for you? Oh, no. Before she answers that, I got to say I learned about Lizzo the last time she was on the podcast. And when, I, when we ended the podcast, the first thing I did was find her album cover. And if you know who Lizzo is, the, her album cover was a little bit of a shock for someone who wasn't expecting that. So – be be sitting down when uh, Margaret tells you these things right now. Well, yeah, you know- I'm kind of R-rated. Or I think what I discovered actually uh, when I worked at uh, Workday is I thought I was R-rated, but I'm more like church camp R-rated, uh, and uh, which is fine. I like that. That's like the nice. That's where I'm at. Church camp R-rated. Um, so the things I'm watching right now are Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. 
It's about all these like gorgeous people who think they're going to have like a month of uh, escapades and turns out they have to like not actually like be physically uh, cannot physically connect with anybody of the opposite sex or the same sex. We're not here to judge. Uh, and um, it's amazingly delightful. I mean, I've already done Tiger King, so this is where I am. I also, uh, I'm going to say Outer Banks. I just started, and it's filmed in Charleston, which I spent 15 years, and my babies were born there. I was born, and my, I was married there, and I put my nine-year-old to bed last night, and we watched it just for 30 minutes, and he just, he'll be pissed. I'm saying this. He cried, and he said, you took me away from there, Mom. You took me away from the ocean. Why did you do that? And it just, it did it oh. great. So beautiful. It's such a beautiful, I don't know how good the story is, but just looking at the marsh makes your, makes your heart uh, sore. So that's a good one. Um, and I'll give you two podcasts. So you know I've been talking about my girl, Shauna. So Shauna Van Bogart has just... Yes launched her high minds uh, uh m y n d s and talk about if you want to like get serious on finding out like what your special sauce is she's just dropped seven podcasts they're all free they are i mean i, I know where i speak to her every single day they are life-changing they're so awesome my fourth thing is my girlfriend that literally from kindergarten to ninth grade everything i ever did that was bad and fun I did with this girl, Danielle. She has the most hilarious and super explicit podcast called Marriage in Martinis. Uh, and I would suggest following them on uh, her on Instagram and uh, listening to those. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get those from you and uh, we'll post them on the show notes. And uh, Margaret, as always, we can't thank you enough for being part of the show. And let's definitely do a part two to this next week. Sounds good. Awesome. As always, everyone, average sucks. Now we'll have to say find your purpose. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.